0: And welcome back to the Second Screening Podcast. My name is Nick Lane, and with me, as always, is my very good friend, Matthew.
1: Hello, Internet. All right.
0: This week, we are reviewing the movie Gravity.
1: Yes, and a little bit about Gravity. So it's, uh, I think everybody has seen it, but in case not, it was 2015, I believe, and directed by Alfonso... Cuarón, <laughs> And uh, who, uh, I always knew him from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Of oh, I didn't realize that, yeah, that, that was a movie. I I mean I know he's been around for a while, and I believe he did Birdman and maybe also Children of Men, but we're gonna look that up later and I'll probably be wrong.
0: Man, that would be amazing that if he, if he did uh, Children of Men because
1: I really like Children of Men. And spoiler
0: alert, I did not like gravity.
1: Yeah, I know, and that's I actually am very curious to see how today's discussion goes for that reason.
0: Yeah, so the tone of this episode is going to be a little bit different from last time's. Where last time we Really very much enjoyed the fountain. This time, I don't think that that's the case with this movie.
1: Well, so that's what I think is gonna be so interesting about this because you know, as you know, I actually followed the rules this time and I watched it once with you mm-hmm. and then once about four hours ago. Yeah. When I was completely tired and hungover. Yeah, spoiler alert, we had a party last night. Yeah, yes, um, we did, and we're partying right now as we tend to do. But I actually turned around on it this morning. I actually enjoy the movie now, and I uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk really about it. Cool. About,
0: yeah, let's get into that into uh, in our second screening section. So, a little bit about the movie. Obviously, it stars Sandra Bullock and George Clooney, and then a smattering of other people. But who really cares? Well, there's the
1: Russian guy, and then it's Ed Harris's beautiful, beautiful voice. And yeah. honestly, that's pretty much it. Ed,
0: yeah, exactly. And uh, Ed
1: Harris, he did have a really great voice in this movie. Yeah, Alfonso Lula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caron. I, there's no way I've ever heard. Caron. Yeah, um, did, he did
0: do Children of Men. So yeah, so the movie starts with Sandra Bullock or Doctor Stone. Her name's Dr. Stone. Yes. She's Sandra Bullock. And George Clooney, and then the Russian guy named Sharif. I'm gonna call him
1: Chekhov. (laughs) Yeah, Chekhov. Because it
0: doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're on a mission attached to the Hubble Space Telescope. They're installing a new system.
1: Yeah, a system that Sandra Bullock, Dr. Stone, designed, because I remember you know, she's Mm -hmm. like, I'm used to working on this in the basement of a hospital. Yeah,
0: which is so, that was one of the parts that I thought was quite weird, is the fact that she was a medical doctor, but she was working on the, uh, the Hubble Space Telescope. That was kind of strange. So, she's working on the system while George Clooney is just fucking around in space.
1: Yeah, well, I guess in theory, you know, and obviously later on, it's like, man, I wish I, he, he probably wishes he wouldn't have done that. But I suppose the theory is he's testing the the, the manned mobility unit, the MMU, right? right. So, it's like, yeah, he's this new boot goofing around. But I guess that, you know, in terms of the actual mission, he's testing its maneuverability and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But it still looks funny to watch. Yeah, it was quite jolly jarring in my opinion like both the times i watched i was just like what is this asshole doing i think i you know it's it's interesting because to me there was such a contrast and maybe this was by design or or who knows but you know it's like she is like intensely focused and he's just kind of messing around yeah i i do agree that was a bit jarring yeah so sharif at that point the the other
0: member of their checkoff checkoff yeah the other member of their unit got done with his section so he was done and he starts dancing around and so they're focusing on getting sandra bullocks part, Dr. Stone, whatever. Yeah. Part attached to the Hubble Space Telescope. Yes. When a Russian satellite is destroyed by the Russians so that, you know, they needed to dispose of their satellite. However, something goes wrong.
1: Well, I don't think anything went wrong. I think I think it was pretty analogous to the 2007 Chinese ASAT test, which was the anti-satellite test. You know, I, I don't know why they didn't just say China did it. It was funny to me. But my actual guess on this, and I don't have anything to back this up, it's like China is kind of a huge movie industry now and it, it's one of those things where they they could have just made it china because that actually happened in real life but they were like oh but then our our foreign box office numbers wouldn't be as high yeah but yeah. but yeah yeah the russians basically blow up their own satellite and, and it, it starts a debris cloud which it's it's kessler syndrome right it's mm-hmm. basically a cascading compounding this debris creates more debris creates more debris which is kind of what's happening right now right and so that's where i was saying that it kind
0: of went wrong because they i don't think they anticipated it to have the kessler effect they just anticipated it like blow up and then what shouldn't have affected anybody else but it turned out that it kind of went awry and i don't think that the russians would have wanted to you know destroy the hubble space telescope oh or I, the
1: iss or anything like I that see, i see what you're saying yeah. okay fair enough fair enough so which spoiler alert all those things
0: happen so yeah the debris the cloud is going around and it tears up their mission they have to like they have to scramble to detach from the hubble uh telescope doesn't happen their shuttle that they're on the i want to say voyager but it's not the voyager it's something
1: else yeah i can't remember was it Discovery? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like it it yeah. was basically it was basically the, the, the shuttle.
0: Yeah. So the shuttle that they're on gets destroyed, and with it, basically everybody else. Sandra Bullock is flung into space. She, you know, is spinning around, and this is like one of the parts where I hated her the most because all you could hear is her just like her pleading sound, like this mewling sound that she was making while she was spinning around. And I understand, like that's a very human thing to do, but right. just the way that it was played, I just could not stand it. So she's spinning around. She's separated from Lieutenant Kowalski, aka George Clooney. George Clooney. Yeah. And And she finally is able to, like, get oriented a little bit. And finally the radio comes back and it's Lieutenant Kowalski on the radio asking where she is. And she can't figure it out. He was finally able to get her sight on the ISS and was able to, you know, give him the, like, not the coordinates, but the ISS is at 7 o'clock and North is at 12
1: o'clock. Yes.
0: So from that he was able to figure out basically where she was. And then he instructed her to start flashing her... Her flashlight. flashlight. Her torch, as they describe it in the film. And that, I think, is one of the smartest things in this movie, is the use of a flashlight as a beacon. Yes. Because that's the best thing you could do in space, is have a constant visual signal. Like, if nothing else is working, the flashing light, I think, is the best way to figure out where something is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you see that, you know, pretty much anywhere survival. you know, you see that at sea. I mean, it's just a good idea. And, you know, unlike other things, pretty much the only thing that she had on her was, you know, whatever she was working with. So, Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, so they... Become
0: reunited and they tether themselves to each other and they start making their way back to the shuttle.
1: Lieutenant Kowalski. Kowalski is towing her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's running out of oxygen. Yes.
0: That's a good point is the fact that she has I think at that point like 20 percent of oxygen left. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so a very minuscule amount. At some point he instructs her to sip, not gulp, which she immediately ignores.
1: Yeah, well, and that's you know one of the things that I thought was pretty interesting about this movie is you know the astronauts are basically the cream of the crop in terms of human performance right and it's like you know these people are highly trained highly disciplined because you can't really mess around up there and it's you know one of those things where it's like she had six months of astronaut training and then you know she immediately ignores all of it as (laughs) soon as like the shit hits the fan yeah well and when when she's installing her module to me like what i felt they were saying was like she's the only person ever it's like okay maybe she made it and she's like the only person that knows how it works or like how to design it but like i'm pretty sure somebody else could install it but to me it kind of implied that like nobody else could install it and that's why they had to send her but yeah she doesn't because it takes a lot of discipline and training. Right, and that's the other thing that, we'll get into this in more of
0: a review, but if you are the only person who can install something, then that thing is not useful.
1: Yeah, fair enough. So,
0: they're making their way back to the shuttle, and during the, this entire time, Kowalski is radio, uh, trying to radio to Houston. He's trying to radio to Earth, and Sandra Bullock, Dr. Stone, is asking him about it the entire time, and he explains to her that in case the radio does come on, there needs to be some chatter. They, there shouldn't be any silence at that point, and so... She clearly doesn't understand that, because apparently she's not an astronaut. (laughs) Right. So they make their way back to the shuttle, and they find Sharif. No one's in the military, apparently, except for Kowalski, who's a lieutenant in space. Yeah, no
1: Yeah. No lieutenant would ever be a commander of anything. That was also interesting. So, Specialist
0: Sharif, they find him, and he has got a hole in his head. Like, there is nothing left of his brain, essentially.
1: In the face.
0: Yeah. And that's actually how that would work in space. You know, if there was debris flying around that fast. I believe they said that the, the Debris was
1: flying at 50,000 miles an hour, which seems accurate. I thought it was like 17,000, but I don't I can't remember. remember. I,
0: I wrote 50,000 down, but I can't. Yeah, remember. that's what,
1: yeah, I mean, that's something we you know, we can always look that up later. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah, if you got hit by a piece of debris, you're done. Yeah, exactly. And
0: they make their way into the shuttle, and everyone in the shuttle is dead. There, there was, the pilots were in there. Was it the
1: shuttle or the ISS? The shuttle.
0: They haven't gotten the ISS yet. Okay. So
1: they were at the shuttle, and, every,
0: and the hole had been blown open, and the people inside who were not on the spacewalk. Yes. Were
1: freeze dried. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So they
0: were dead. Then Kowalski comes up with a plan to try and get to the ISS because there should be escape pods on the ISS, the Soyuz escape pods. Right. And they start making their way there, and you know it cuts away like there's a jump cut and time is passing. They're just kind of like slowly drifting towards the ISS, and he's just basically talking the entire time. As he does, Kowalski is the kind of guy who tells stories and chats a lot. He's a chatter. He's a, he's
1: a braggart. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a braggart. Yeah, yeah. All. All of, his, all of his stories are his party stories yeah, and his kind of cool was fighter pilot kind of antics right, and things like yeah, that yeah exactly so he's talking the entire time they're kind of making their way and nothing of real note happens there you, you kind of learn a little bit of well I think something really important happens there now whether it should be or not but that's when she talks about her daughter right and how she had a daughter and her daughter you know like was playing tag and just died you know I guess later I don't know maybe I shouldn't say this right now but you know the, the, the movie to me was kind of analogous to that story right. which is like her letting go so, and or mm-hmm. finding hope and we'll, we'll get to that later but, yeah, but I, that's the big part about that.
0: Okay. And you're right. <laughs> I was like nothing of note happened. That's how little I regard her character is that when she establishes
1: her backstory I'm just like nothing of note happened. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, I think it's kind of a weak character but maybe that's supposed to be the point at this yeah. stage in the movie is you know we we'll watch her grow but yeah at that you're point right. she more annoys me than anything else. Yeah. So she establishes that like you said her daughter
0: died and then at that point all she ever does is she goes to work and she. And she drives drives because she got the call that her daughter died while she was driving yeah she's stuck in a moment she's stuck in time essentially
1: yeah and then and then uh, George Clooney he says what do you do and she says I drive and then she gets in her Mustang and goes and robs a bank and then Ryan Gosling appears because we're now watching drive I wish. Yeah. So
0: she establishes her backstory, and they make the ISS. When they get to the ISS, they have to accelerate hard to kind of angle themselves to get there. Right. They were kind of like basically shooting towards it the entire time, but because George Clooney was new boot goofing around in space, they don't have much of a charge left on the jetpack that he has. Yeah, it's is, probably the,
1: compressed air. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: the maneuverable unit that he has on. Yeah, the, the MMU. Equipment. So he doesn't have anything left. He has like one or two good pushes. So they have to hit the ISS hard. At that point. They they get there, they get to the ISS, and then neither of them can make a deposit on anything to hold on to. And so yeah. So they're basically, like, floating, or like, bumping into everything. Like, they're pinballing around the ISS.
1: Yeah. Until
0: finally... Oh, and then also, didn't the debris come again? No. Yeah. No, no, no. They... The tether had gotten wrapped around one of the solar panels, and it broke.
1: Well, yeah, and she had crashed into it trying to grab onto stuff, too. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, basically, they were... were No, at that point, they they were kind of debris. Yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) and they basically crashed into it trying to grab onto something, yes. They were
0: essentially debris. Yeah, you're right. And so the tether broke uh, really easily. That was kind of surprising. The tether broke, and so Kowalski had grabbed onto something at this point, but she wasn't, and she was about to, like, float away into space when... I can't remember exactly how it happened, but she got a rope...
1: Her foot got caught... And like some, I think it was might have been the parachute cords because yeah. George Clooney had said that the one Soyuz was gone, so they had ejected, and the other one he said it was damaged, and the parachute was deployed, so it was right. useless. Yeah, it's, it's, so yeah. it might have been the parachute, par- it was the, the, parachute. the risers. Yeah.
0: And so Kowalski goes like jumps to catch her, I think, or
1: How, know, however however it happens. Yeah, basically, think, yeah. yeah, she's wrapped up, her foo- wrapped her up. foot's in the in the rigging, and then basically uh, she grabs on to the tether, I think the broken one, yeah, and and so she's holding on to him. Yeah, and
0: I actually want to go back. I don't think that George Clooney's character actually did grab onto anything. I, I don't think, think that, so either. Yeah, I, I think I screwed up there in my memory.
1: So, yeah,
0: she gets wrapped up in the parachute cord, where, and he's floating around, and they're trying to, like, catch each other. And so she finally, like, grabs him by the tether.
1: Yeah, she grabs so, the tether.
0: Yeah, she grabs the tether, and he's, like, being pulled away from
1: Yeah, him. that was, I. you know, that was the thing that, like, when I watched it this morning, you know, when I saw that, I was kind of like,
0: Argh. Yeah, that it, sucks.
1: And it's only because, I mean, I'm sure this movie got a lot technically right and I know it got some things technically wrong. We'll talk about it later in the second screening but that one annoyed me because I don't think that's right because Mm -hmm. there was no more acceleration once he gets stopped and the reason why it bugged me so much is because that was a huge plot point. Mm -hmm. Like if it would have been just something else
0: So she catches him. Yes. And yeah, he had at that point stopped all momentum. Yes. But for some reason they were still like being pulled away from the ISS which shouldn't have happened. He then makes a heroic decision to let himself be killed because he's being pulled away from her. Right, yeah. Like, in the plot of the film, he's being pulled away from her even though in reality that isn't actually what would have happened. Yeah,
1: it's a cliffhanger thing where he lets go because, you know, if he doesn't, she's going to be pulled off and then they're both going to die. Right, and so... He, you know, lets himself float
0: away and during that time he's still talking
1: talking. Yeah, tight. he's still talking.
0: But she somehow manages to find her way back into the ISS at that point. Or not back into, but into the ISS. She struggles her way into the ISS and then, you know, basically mourns the passing of Kowalski as his like his radio chatter.
1: Yeah, yeah, dies. as the signal as the signal strength goes down and then she she does the kind of the same thing, so I guess she was paying attention earlier because she says, you know, Houston blind yeah. and then she says, Uh, oh, you know, I'm the only survivor. Survivor, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, so she's kind of in there. And then, right. and then a fire breaks out?
0: Yeah, but here's the one part I want to go back to is that when she first gets into the ISS after Kowalski's uh, chatter dies away, essentially the death character, she goes into the fetal position.
1: Oh, that's right. And I, I want to
0: make a note of this because she looked exactly like a fetus does. Mm-hmm. And not, not just like a fetal position. They, even one of the oxygen cords in the airlock happened to align lo- oh. right where her umbilical cord would be. Oh. Oh, man, I missed that. Good catch. Okay. so she looks like a fetus in a womb. Yeah. And I'm sure that they did that on purpose. Yeah, I guess that would be the rebirth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Wow, cool. Yeah, so that was actually a really good, that was a good part. Yeah. Yeah, so she's trying to find her way into the escape pod, the Soyuz one, the one that's broken. Now, the reason why she's doing that is that they realize that there's no escape for them on the ISS. Right. So before he had died, Lieutenant Kowalski was saying that they could get into the Soyuz escape pod and then drive that over to the, Chinese station. Right. And the Chinese station has an escape pod. Yes. So she's trying to make her way into that Soya yeah, is one that's broken. Right. And while on her way to the escape pod a fire breaks out or had already been broken out I guess. Yeah right? I don't
1: remember the exact details right. but Literally, yeah. A fire it, it, it forces It forces her hand. Yeah, yeah yeah. So
0: she makes her way to the escape pod under great duress and closes the door right when the fire was going to like overtake her. Right. And I was watching that even the second time I was just kind of like I feel like she should have like died at that point like that fire should have killed her i think because it was like on her hair and i don't know in an oxygen rich environment like the iss is because it's pressurized cabin
1: well wait was yeah you're right okay yeah i feel like she would have just been engulfed in flames immediately yeah probably
0: oh well yeah Uh, so she makes a harrowing escape into the Soyuz escape pod and then in her six months of astronaut training she remembers you know how to turn it on
1: well she did the simulator and they talk Mm -hmm. about that and he says you know yeah you flew the simulator and she's like i crashed it every time and so she you know she's going through the pre-flight but Mm -hmm. you know she you know they at least established that she in theory is trained on it which i don't know if that would actually happen yeah i'm not sure either so
0: anyway she's somewhat trained on and she's got the books with her and she knows which one to use like oh if i wanted like unlock from the iss it's the red book so she's like oh red book yeah and that
1: and that's that's how aviation and space yeah. is for that reason. Yeah,
0: exactly. And So she decouples from the space station she, but the parachute is still wrapped around the ISS. Right. This is one of the catching parts for me. The The reason why Kowalski decided to you know, untether himself from Sandra Bullock was that the ropes wouldn't, they're, they're gonna break. Right. However when she takes off from the ISS the same ropes that she was attached to are still wrapped around the ISS and they slingshot a rocket around. The escape pod is essentially a rocket at this point and she's trying to get to the Chinese station we established but she can't pull away from the iss because the ropes have bound her to it and she keeps like being slingshot through space right wrapping around the iss with the same ropes that would have broken under the strength of kowalski's giant penis i guess no
1: i mean what it could have been was her foot's gonna come out of the ropes <laughs> right you know yeah
0: no i know but so she's struggling to become decoupled from the iss which this that's basically the plot of this movie is sandra bullock struggles in space yeah that's, basically well it, you know <laughs>
1: you yeah. know there's basically three points yeah. and each point is just so I guess it's I don't know it's kind of Greek right it's right. like it's like each point is just getting to the next point until you finish right
0: but the thing that I kept noticing is that she could not do anything right the first time her character like every time she went to go grab something she kept fumbling she like she could never make a deposit on like even Kowalski right in the tether she had to like scramble for the uh the tether when she was you know launched out into space she was scrambling around it's Sandra Bullock struggles in space the movie yeah
1: yeah and that yeah you're absolutely right that's basically what it is <laughs> Yeah. So she
0: is being slingshotted around the ISS by these ropes, uh, but she notices that she had gotten into the right position that she could pull away. And so with one last great like push, she is able to detach from the ISS and uh, take the parachute with her. So she's on her way to the Chinese station. Right. While on route to the Chinese station, she, you know, she's like, oh, I've got all this fuel, right? But the afterburner isn't working. Turns out the fuel gauge of the Soyuz rocket was stuck at the middle point and she taps it and then it suddenly drops down to zero. Yeah. Which I was just like, oh, great. This really advanced technology that goes into space, tap it and then, oh, whoops, it was stuck.
1: I, I actually think that's probably one of the most realistic things really? about this because because you know that if the rest. We're making something. I mean, it's totally possible, and it's kind of a crack at Russia. I guess and then so. this is my chance to plug one of the greatest lines in cinematic movie history, which is from Armageddon American components, Russian components, all made oh, in Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> Peak there, yeah. So,
0: I just noticed that I'm just like, oh, I cannot believe that the suspenseful nature of this scene or the suspense of this scene was hinged on the fact that the fucking gauge doesn't work
1: properly. <laughs> I was like, I felt like that was like the stupidest plot point. See, but that's like how real life works, though, and that's why it's so interesting because, like, that's probably one of the more reasonable things in this movie is I, that that yes, would totally happen, yes.
0: Okay, so she at least is on route to the Chinese station, but right. she has no fuel,
1: yes, and so she can't get there fast enough right yeah. because it's it's and that's that's the problem because right. just like george clooney it's like if you're on a trajectory mm-hmm. then you're okay but she can't get there fast enough right because the debris cloud is coming back around in 90 minutes because it, it that had been 90 minutes well the movie's 90 minutes long because i think after they get hit initially george clooney says we have 90 minutes till that debris cloud comes back around right and so however
0: there, ha, time has passed yes it, correct there was, there was a series of jump cuts that kind of like established that time has passed the actual the debris cloud comes around twice
1: oh you're right Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right yeah it does yeah. come around twice
0: yeah, so at this point, while they were on the ISS, I believe the debris cloud. Yeah, wants, and that actually mattered. What what started the fire? Yeah. Oh, that actually makes sense. So yeah, she's not going to get to the Chinese station swiftly enough to get into one of the escape pods and then get back to Earth before the debris cloud comes around again. Right. So she's just kind of floating in space. And, it's, and she's and during during this time, she's been doing proper radio discipline, where she's been trying to message Houston or whoever can hear her. She actually picks up the same cadence and proper discipline that George Clooney's character was using, saying, again, the
1: Houston... Houston blind. Yeah, no,
0: Houston in the blind. In
1: the blind, yeah. yeah.
0: Dr. Stone in the blind, anyone, Mayday, Mayday. And while she's saying Mayday, she picks up a signal. Yes. From someone who is not an English speaker. Right. I don't know what nationality that person was, but he was a jovial
1: man. Yes, yeah, I'm, and, I'm and a, they, were, they were they were singing or something. Well,
0: he was just talking on... He, it seems like he was an amateur ham radio... Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he's picking she picked him up on the AM, AM frequency,
1: frequency. Yeah. I, I I, out of all the things I remember for some reason yeah she's like I picked you up on the AM mm, yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: so I think that he is a amateur ham radio guy who just like was just chatting into the you know the darkness of space essentially
1: well and that makes sense because I know the ham guys do absolutely crazy stuff like yeah. bounce at the ham radio signal like off the moon mm-hmm. and like communicate to the other side so I actually kind of like that because yeah. you know and that and was it,
0: one part of that was actually very real to me it's like that there could be just somebody talking into the void and just happen to be picked up in space.
1: Like they have a podcast. Yeah, like they have a
0: podcast. <laughs> so he's chatting with her, and they establish that his name is like log or something. I can't. I, uh, I forgot am, to I write am. down what his name was. So, but she picks up his name, and he thinks her name is Mayday because she oh. keeps saying Mayday.
1: Oh, okay. I yeah. I did not pick up on that. I picked either. up on that.
0: But so he's just chatting with whoever, and he's got a baby, and that kind of hits Doctor Stone right way or the wrong way. But she's like very sentimental. Like, it starts getting misty eyed at like this person who she's talking. So she thought originally that he was someone in space with her, but she is alone in space. At right. This point. There's literally nobody else in space. Yeah, because
1: everybody else is either dead or eva- or you know, yeah, basically a, evacuated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: And so she at first was very hopeful. Turns out he's on Earth and he's just uh, some guy. And so she like is listening to his life. He has a baby because a baby's crying. He has a dog because a dog starts barking. Yeah, I
1: remember. I remember that.
0: And this is one of the worst scenes that I can think of. I hated this scene. Okay. Because she was just chatting with someone who... I mean, I admit that I don't speak any language other than English. Right. But it was, I can't understand this other person, and then Sandra Bullock is just mumbling to herself essentially, because the other person is not responding to her. He's right. just, that guy is just talking and she seems to think that he is responding to her, but that's not at all the case. He's just chatting away and she is just mumbling in space, and I, that whole scene, I was just like, shut the fuck up. At
1: one point they start barking. Yeah, they start, well, start yeah, howling. well, no, because she she goes like, I mean, and, well, yeah, I
0: want to hear the dogs again, I want to hear the dogs well, so like, I didn't
1: yeah. mind, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't mind that as much because, uh, you know, it's like, if you're talking to somebody on a ham radio and you don't speak the same language, you know, the guy's like just hearing something and then she goes, woof, woof. And then he, and then he goes, woof, well, woof. Well, Cause it, it's very, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's at, like, that is probably the only time they actually communicate. Yeah.
0: And I agree. I understand why they have that scene in there. I understand that that's how that would work. I just hated it. Okay. It was so awful. You're allowed to not like stuff. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's understandable. It, oh. Lord almighty. I know it was supposed to be her, like, humanizing. Yeah. And, and yeah. Scene, but I couldn't stand it. I fucking hated every second of that. No. Fa- yeah. I think even in my notebook, which I have here, I wrote in all caps, not in cursive, God, shut the fuck up. I fucking hated that so much. Yeah, it says, what is up with this barking scene? God, shut the fuck up. That's what I wrote. <laughs> so, eventually, that signal fades away. And she's trying to make her way, again, to the Chinese station. But she... Kind of loses hope at this point. Yeah, I think she decides to kill herself. Yeah, by she turns, oxygen.
1: She turns down the oxygen. Yeah, oxygen yeah.
0: deprivation. So she starts. She turns down the oxygen, so she'll essentially just fall asleep right. and die. Yeah. At which point she hallucinates because everyone does during oxygen deprivation. They will hallucinate, and she has a dream of Lieutenant Kowalski, George Clooney's character, as if he had returned. He's like, "Oh yeah, I had like a little bit extra
1: juice in the canister, or know, or, or it came around the second time, yeah, right? Because he's he's time. going around too. Yeah, exactly." Yeah yeah
0: and that's the part I was like why didn't he he's got 90 minutes and he seemed to have a full tank of oxygen
1: right he could have survived 90 minutes well yeah I mean you imagine that you know it's like obviously we don't know the final resolution to his character but it's like you imagine that he I mean he didn't seem like the type of guy to give up right so it's like you know it it could have been it could have yeah Yeah. He could have made it
0: also I want to note that when Sandra Bullock got into the ISS she took off her American spacesuit and then replaced it with a Russian spacesuit yeah that's important here because Lieutenant Kowalski when he comes back is wearing an American spacesuit suit and very white and she's wearing a Russian one which is just kind of like this weird dingy it's like, color it's, it's like, like slightly di- yellow yeah and I don't know if that's supposed to be a knock against the Russians or, I,
1: I I think that might have been uh, is
0: that accurate I don't know uh, I don't, yeah I'm not sure I, I don't know, know what a cosmonaut their suit looks like it might actually be very accurate
1: you would imagine it would be well I, I think anything in space long enough is going to be white right yeah. I mean like the US flag is now just a white flag white on the moon, on the moon yeah. which is good you give uh, up <laughs> yeah yeah it's basically a preemptive surrender for when aliens come will smith has to save us but uh you'd think they'd be orange right because because mm-hmm. i think that you know orange is that human beings can see orange the most yeah but yellow yellow is a pretty prominent color too right but yeah. it's just
0: like this dingy yellow it looks like someone had washed the suit with like a yellow bedsheet, and like the color had run into the suit that's the kind of like it doesn't look like they've intentionally made it yellow it looks like it was accidentally yellow well
1: i think that's you know it's like just like the soviet stuff is like it's all super old and like it's generally reliable but it's like mm-hmm. you know the Soyuz capsule. It's like I mean, it's probably the most reliable space vehicle we have. But the thing is, like, fifty years old. Yeah, that's true. And so you know, all the Russian stuff is always kind of bent and things like that. So that was probably somewhat realistic. All right, all yeah. right. So anyway, he's there now. Yes, and
0: he reminds her that there is extra fuel in the landing engine.
1: Well, so the the first thing he does is is he, he finds the vodka, vodka yeah, yeah. in the in the squeeze bottle, which right. like is how I will be consuming my vodka from now until the end of time because that's just magical. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's like, oh, he was like, did you find the... Did you find the vodka on the
0: ISS? Well, luckily it's right here and he just happens like pull it out. Because he'd mentioned earlier that he knew he
1: knew where they hid the vodka. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I actually like that part. Yeah. Yeah. So, but she says that she's out of fuel and he says, What about the retro rockets? Right. And and she's like, Those are for landing and then I remember he's like, landing and taking off are the same thing. And yeah. that's also one of those things where it's like, Oh, I have to save this fuel for landing. It's like uh In- it's like it's like Firefly. Yeah. Where it's like, if you don't open that door, she could die and Jane goes, If I open that door, we all die. It's like <laughs> It's like, but I can't land. Landing is not going to matter if yeah. you don't even get there. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you're not going to land in that Soyuz rocket
0: anyway. The parachute's already been deployed. Right. So fuck it. Use that. Yeah. Use that engine. Yeah, so yeah. He reminds her of that. And he basically convinces her not to kill herself. Yes. And then it turns out it was all a dream. Yeah. And I had already established that it was, she hallucinates him being there. So, yes. Whoops. Sorry, podcast listener. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So he is dead. Kowalski is definitely dead. Yes. And that was just a dream that she was having. But she she's like, oh, land. Is taking off, and so she you know pulls out the green book. This one is for la- green is for landing. They're right for taking off, green is for landing. She pulls out the green book and then finds the right. And she has to like trick the computer to think that it's landing. Sure, to use that that rocket.
1: And that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I absolutely understand. Yep. The one thing was that all of the compute the computer was in Cyrillic. Yes, which was kind of weird to me. I would I thought that all space equipment was in English. I thought that was a universal language for space.
1: I don't know for sure, but. I- I. Th- thought everything had to have English, but could also have its native language. Yeah, and maybe uh, she just didn't send it to English. Yeah, but, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's like, who knows, right? It's like, you know, in theory, if, if the that Soyuz capsule... If, you know, because if it was in the escape capsule, it's mm-hmm. like, who knows, man? Yeah, so she
0: tricks a computer, starts using the landing rocket, and, you know, makes her way to the Chinese station. Yes. And we once again have another scene of Sandra Bullock struggling in space. Yeah. It, where she has to get out, or she leaves the capsule, takes the fire extinguisher with her, and I thought that was kind of neat because the fire extinguisher is essentially the same maneuvering unit that George Clooney had. It's the same technology, however, one of them is controlled by a human and the other one is controlled by a computer. Right. One of those is effective and that's not the human. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. So she basically makes her way, like, 90% of the way to the Chinese rocket, jumps out of the capsule and then tries to use the fire extinguisher to get the rest of the way to the Chinese station. Yes. Now, she does get to the Chinese station with some, what I would describe as impossible measures of calculation on her part, where she was able to, like, blow the fire extinguisher in exactly the right way to, like, stop her momentum in one direction and then go the other direction. It's like, I don't think that a human being is capable of that level of, like, calculation.
1: Yeah, she's like Anakin Skywalker. Like, she has, she's the only human that can, like, fly a pod racer because her reflexes are so fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, so, I, th- I think you're right. Like, that's. Yeah. That... like, I know it's a movie. It's yeah. movie stuff. That was just. Slightly unbelievable to me. It's one of those times
0: that pulled me away from the
1: movie. Yeah, and that one. Well, yeah, and that's you know, especially it's like you know, if you're watching the Avengers, you know, you you know that none of this is real, and so kind of anything can happen. But if you do your best to make your movie relieva- uh, believable, then when you do things like this, it takes you out. Yeah. So she makes her way to the Chinese station after, like we said, those impossible
0: maneuverable.
1: Yeah, they're basically the, they're basically orbital dynamic calculations yeah. that she did yeah, in yeah. her mind, which you know, human, you know, it's like when you. Play Pool. Human beings are actually pretty good at that, mm-hmm. but you know the precision needed and the timing. But eh, yeah. movie. Pool is a two-dimensional game, not a three-dimensional game. Good point. So she struggles in space again and
0: makes her way into the Chinese station. I remember the first time we watched this that I noticed the ping pong paddle and uh-huh. I thought there was a ping pong cable in space. Ah! Uh-huh. I realized later I was like, oh no,
1: they just probably have. You well, know, they, they, you know they could also hit it back and forth. Yeah, exactly. That's how I realized. Yeah. I was like, I
0: was like, I was kind of being an idiot like, uh, the know. first time we watched it. So. She's on the Chinese station, and the reason why she was going to go there is that they have their own escape pods, which are actually just repurposed Soyuz escape pods the same one that she used to get to the chinese station she's not going to use to get back to Earth. right and she makes her way to the escape pod i don't believe that anything like really dramatic happens at this point other than the debris cloud comes around again and so she's got to get off the station as fast as possible yeah
1: i think so i I didn't
0: think there was anything else though there wasn't like there wasn't another fire or anything like that
1: yeah i don't remember anything like that yeah so she
0: takes off from the chinese station Struggles with the controls because they're all in Mandarin. Mandarin. I believe yeah, it's Mandarin. Probably Mandarin. Yeah, because I believe that's the quote unquote official language of yeah, China.
1: Yeah, probably. I'm not sure, but. Right. So yeah. I believe it's in Mandarin, so she's struggling with that,
0: like as if she didn't have any problems with Cyrillic before. Now the. Pod is in fucking Mandarin. Right. Yeah. So she takes off and she's basically just like points the gun at Earth and is like, just shoot at Earth, go. Yeah,
1: it's kind of the best you can do, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. So, but because it's a repurposed pod, she knows enough of the controls to basically land. And while she is en route to Earth, she kind of has this. I'm either gonna burn up or I'm going to have a great story to have to a great tell. story yeah. yeah either way it's been a great ride or something right. yeah. like this really like oh this is a turning point for her character she's oh, she you know she went up to space and found herself and came back an actual human whereas before she was not quite really a human because she was like all she was was stuck in that moment well um, there's
1: there's like two rebirths right? right you know she has her character and there's the rebirth as you pointed out in mm-hmm. you know the ISS and then this would be the second rebirth which is you know and it almost quite literally is a trial by fire. Right.
0: And she... Her character originally was just like like a robot. Had the same routine. And I believe that she probably wanted to kill herself. That's the way it was kind of portrayed to me. Like, it wasn't that she wanted to kill herself. It's just that if she died, it wouldn't have been a great inconvenience to her. Yeah.
1: Yeah, kind of indifferent or agnostic towards living. Right. And right. So that's
0: why this scene is supposed to be quite powerful. Right. She wants to live. She actually very much wants to live at this point.
1: So she
0: is able to maneuver the pod. She, you know... It splits off into the three pieces like it's supposed to. I remember there was one part where she was saying that she needs to like, I was like, I need to decouple from the the space, space station now. Like, oh, how do I do it? And she's like really struggling with the controls. Luckily, the debris cloud came around and did it for her and it destroyed the fuck out of the space station enough that it's like there's not a space station that she needs to decouple from anymore. But she acted like she was like, oh, thank God I was successfully able to decouple from the space station. The space station blew
1: apart. Yeah, but if, <laughs> but if she didn't do it, the pre-flight checklist would have been complete. She couldn't take off. Yeah. So, she's still, you know, even if she's just decoupling like a bolt, she's still got to do it. You can't take off. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So she you know, manages everything and lands in the ocean. Well, In, uh, in o- ocean on her way back mm-hmm. like there's something wrong with the heat shields and oh, that's yes. and that's where like I might burn up and then mm-hmm. she also hears Ed Harris yeah basically and it was funny because like he's like identify yourself yeah. it's like <laughs> I'm coming from space yeah. there's like not a whole lot of options right. and, and then he says we're, we're sending a rescue team and she yeah. lands in a in a lake Is not a lake? an ocean it's oh, a lake okay. I thought it was an ocean no because there's reeds when she's coming out uh, yeah it's a lake uh, alright yeah. so she
0: lands in a body of water yes. probably a lake yeah probably and probably, lake. probably somewhere around around north america because houston is the one is radioing to her which means that it's somewhere around north america because it wouldn't it wouldn't have been ed harris if they landed in like the black sea so that was one of the things that i didn't like though was when she got back to earth instead of responding to houston on the radio and that might have been the fact that it was like a chinese pod and she didn't know the controls
1: well enough to like activate the radio she doesn't say anything well and another thing it's like she's pretty focused at the task at hand you know you're you're just trying to survive you'll you'll deal with everything else later yeah and i i Understand that it's supposed to be she wants to get out of the pod and get onto dry land well it catches However, fire and goes in the water and starts like yeah there's smoke in there and she has yeah. to get out fast oh i i don't think i remember that i was just like you're safe in that pod Who yeah cares? well and you also i think you, you she probably wants to get out soon because that thing's sinking and so it's like even if there wasn't like mm-hmm. filling with smoke uh because i think like the heat shields were damaged or whatever and so it's it, I, maybe there's a little fire it's catching she has to kind of get out pronto. yeah but i
0: was that was one of the things that i, I was confused by because i believe that the capsules are
1: designed to float. That was weird that it was sinking to me. Well, but it could be that it was damaged. Yeah, yeah, if it's okay. damaged, and yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because they're, yeah, they're, you know, even the pictures of like you know the uh, Apollo astronauts, mm-hmm. it's like that I, sunk to the bottom of the sea. Like you're you're done. Yeah, those I, guys are dead anyway, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, I thought they were designed
0: to float. It could have been that it was damaged. However, they didn't establish anything like
1: that. Right. So that
0: was kind of confusing me. Anyway, so she gets out of the capsule under great duress, and so the movie basically ends with Sandra Bullock struggling on Earth now.
1: Yes. <laughs> In space. Yeah. Even when
0: she gets out of the capsule gets to land and she can't even stand up now I understand why right but it's, it's basically Sandra Bullock struggles the movie right she could, Yeah. She basically can't stand up but it ends on this great scene like it's beautifully rendered because this whole entire movie is CGI and it just looks awesome yeah and, and
1: that's the, the she looks up and I think it's the Chinese space station yeah, is burning up right right yes yeah, yeah.
0: and it looks like uh, meteorites. yes
1: Yeah. or I guess maybe shooting stars yeah, yeah. are they she the meteor- same thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> those are the same thing uh <laughs> So, movie ends. Boom. That's that's it. Yep. Roll credits. Roll credits. And
0: some song plays, and I don't even remember what it is. All right. So, first impression. I'll go into my first impression. Okay. Like, so, we watched it together. Yes. And I think that that kind of did a disservice to the movie. Because when we watched it together, we kind of distracted each other. And we were also with uh, my roommates, JJ and Colin. And we were all, like, kind of drinking and just having fun. And, like, basically, we were MST3K-ing the movie while we were watching it. Right. Yeah. like, I remember thinking, like, I don't... I don't remember anything about this movie after the first time I watched it, other than like the major plot points. Like I know they they went to the ISS and something happened. So I didn't like really remember anything. I I remember being outraged by George Clooney's character's death. I thought that was complete bullshit. Yeah, I, I did not like that, and I think that that is fair
1: yeah. to dislike. Other than that, I think
0: I don't really feel like my uh, my feelings changed much. Uh, okay. From viewing to viewing. So we we watch it once, and I remember just like really not liking the movie and not remembering anything about it. What What about you? What was your first impression?
1: So, yeah, my first impressions, and you, you covered them a little bit, I really disliked it. You know, they got a lot of stuff technically right, and I think they got some things technically wrong. From, you know, the storytelling aspect, there really isn't a story, I feel. It, it's probably, there is a story, but it's kind of the most basic story ever, right? Yeah. There's, it's not very nuanced. And, and I remember watching it the first time. One of the things that annoyed me is that it's basically the same thing three times, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say any story. Story is really that but in this case it's like you know one to two to three and each one is kind of the same yeah. and and I didn't really like that but so that that's kind of ends my, my first impression I do agree that that we the MST3King it probably didn't give it the first chance that we should have right and so we both then decided
0: to watch it on our own without anyone else around so that we could kind of give it you know the attention that it deserved and I actually wrote a lot about the movie in my notebook the second time I watched it so let's kind of get into our second screening okay so so that's the name of the podcast. That's the, name of the podcast. That's kind of what the point is. <laughs> but going into watching it a second time, I, I put it off so much. I hated this movie the first time I watched it. And I watched it again, and I just fucking hated it again. Really? Yeah. Okay. I hate this movie. This movie is terrible. Now, there's things that I understand better about this movie. You know, like, when we first watched it, going back, I didn't understand why Sandra Bullock's character was in space. Because she was a medical doctor. However, the second time I watched it, I... You you know, I was paying attention this time, and I, you know, she is the person who designed this scanning technology, this ambiguous scanning technology
1: that is supposed to be useful for the hubble space program well it's like it's like okay let's say that she worked on ultrasound and we use ultrasound for human beings and let's say somebody figures out hey we can you know ultra like stars put out ultrasound i know Uh, they don't you know but yeah yeah, you know it's like because i remember when she's installing it she says it was like designed for hospitals but but it turns out it's also useful for space right i i understood that then i was like okay that's how you
0: get that's how she went from being a medical doctor to being in space however not really because Because if she's the person who designed it, that doesn't mean that she's the person who installs it. Right. Absolutely. I have worked on fence contracts before. I've, I've been an engineer in my past life, and everything, everything is documented. I worked on a lab that was supposed to do data analysis, but it was treated like it was an airplane every screw that went into every server was explicitly documented about where it's supposed to go right anyone could should have been able to do that well and so anyone should have been able to install that system they don't need sandra bullock to do it
1: yeah and and that's the thing where it's like you know the military and and nasa in space they don't like single points of failures and Mm -hmm. like there's pretty much you know nothing that like somebody i mean all you're doing is like plugging it in yeah you know when they send the astronauts up to like you know do repairs on the hubble it's not like you know they have to send up the engineer who made the hubble they have to they have to work with the engineer on the ground and then train the astronauts on the ground to do this specific task yeah but yeah so i do agree it was a bit of a push to you know have to send her up right and i guess the
0: idea is that she's supposed to be you know this lay person they sent up to space and then oh well anyone like what would they do in space that's basically what this movie's supposed to be it's like it's you in space like how would you struggle to survive if you you know weren't an actual trained astronaut like lieutenant kowalski
1: yeah yeah the yeah the, the lowest ranking Commander ever actually maybe he is that high speed. (laughs) Yeah, the only time you ever have to send somebody up for a specific task is when it's Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck to drill into a meteor. And I don't know why I keep going back to Armageddon because apparently space movie to me means Armageddon. Yeah. Space movie, you Armageddon. You know what's the best space movie? Don't say Deep Impact. No. Okay. Space Cowboys. Oh, that was a good movie too. Okay. Okay. And it's always like,
0: let's not let's not send up the trained astronauts. Let's send up these old fogies who are like the original fighter pilots. I like it. I I love that movie. Don't get me wrong, but. It's a bunch of bullshit. Anyway, so yeah, watching again I was just like, I I hated everything. I hated everything about the movie. I even, the first thing I wrote down in my notes for the second viewing of it was, gives useless science facts at beginning. There's, they're the most useless science facts. There were things like, life cannot exist in space. Well, one, yes it can. There are animals on this planet that can survive in space, like, what is it, the water bear? You know, a, this little microbe. Oh, sure. A microbial creature that can actually survive in the vacuum of space. Okay. It, it like, can't be crushed for some reason. Like, the structure of its body is such that it can survive in the vacuum of space. Sure. So that was dumb. I and mean. And the- everything else about it was like, all the facts that gave her just like and the sky is blue and grass is green and this just like oh my god
1: God. The facts were really weird to me because when it started, and, I, you know, the first time, I don't think I really picked up on it, but the second time, like, I was watching it, I was waiting for it to be, like, in space, no one can hear you scream, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I'm just watching Alien, and then I would have just watched Alien and been like, you know, one of the things that confused me is when the alien was eating somebody, like, how does the alien going to get back? And then yeah. I would have just been reviewing the wrong movie. Yeah, so, yeah, the facts were a bit weird. Yeah, and then one of the things I also
0: picked up, uh, there's a series of things I picked up on. Ed Harris, Houston, essentially says, we're going to miss you, Matt. They never established that his character's retiring from the space program
1: well they kind of uh,
0: I mean they, they allude to it I guess in that that you're supposed to assume at that point that he's retiring
1: see I don't mind that because it means they didn't spell it out right because one of my big criticisms of the movies is like we're gonna miss you Matt because you're retiring because your character is done in space right but I I actually had the opposite reaction where I'm like we're gonna miss you Matt by the way you're totally dying oh
0: because that, uh, uh, that's foreshadowing that's, right but it was like the most ham-fisted obvious foreshadowing on the planet as soon as I said i was just like Ugh. okay all right I, I accept your point we missed it the first time because we were talking too much but yeah but it, it was that was that was baby's first foreshadowing yeah the... fair enough you know i picked up on like i said dr stone was actually you know a medical doctor and was up in space because she developed this thing that was something i picked up on the second time That was kind of cool i wrote jesus stone grab sharif because uh, like i said this oh is,
1: that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like
0: this is sandra bullock struggling in space and so a special sharif was like you know being flung away and she goes to grab him and she couldn't grab him because she can't do anything in this movie apparently
1: right one thing that you pointed out that i didn't realize was that she struggles so much mm-hmm. and i think that i subconsciously picked that up and i think i probably liked it because i mean like when we were yelling at each other about star wars you know what i need people to struggle because people struggle yeah yeah i agree
0: one thing that i, I noticed the second time also was that it focuses on the picture that sharif had around his neck oh. of his family
1: oh which is also
0: kind of one of those like, Wait,
1: is this when you see what happened to him?
0: No, it was uh actually, yeah, I think that was.
1: Oh, I was too busy looking at the hole in
0: his face. <sighs> well, no, that's the thing. They they have the hole in his face, and then it pans away to this picture and it stays there for about 15 seconds. I oh. kind of counted it out. Okay. And I was just like, oh, oh my god, these emotions I'm having for this guy who oh he had a family. How bad. Oh no, he's dead in space. Uh, like got
1: on. got it, thank you. Yeah, got it. Oh my
0: god. Uh, the soundtrack. Oh, this something I noticed. The soundtrack to the- Thank movie also was basically just like, and now you feel
1: excited. Yeah.
0: And now you feel sad. Yeah. Everything about it was such broad strokes. There was no nuance to this movie. I think that's why I didn't like it. There was nothing about this movie that wasn't just a slap in the face for, like, the way you're supposed to feel. Like, Sandra Bullock is supposed to be you. And, you know, her daughter died and suddenly she, like, doesn't have the will to live. And then the music is playing at that time. It's, like, super sad.
1: Yeah, so when it comes to movies, when you use things like the soundtrack and you kind of ham fist stuff I think those are usually called cheap movies right mm-hmm. you know because basically instead of telling you instead of making you feel by presenting a story it's telling you what to feel by using other cheap effects right and I guess that's kind of why I didn't care for this movie
0: is that it just really felt like a, a cheap movie it was all the emotional exploitation of a movie made by a worse director I, I the guy who made Children of Men made this Like that seems quite astounding to me Children of Men is one of my favorite movies, and I felt like everything about it was like really well directed. The soundtrack was great. This movie was just so over the top and so presented to you on like a silver platter, like all the things that you're supposed to feel and think. That it just felt like it wasn't the best. It didn't seem like this was deserving of the the same director.
1: Okay, sure. I think what you described is. I think we talked about you know for the idea for this outside of Star Wars, which was you know I I expected better of you, right? Yeah, and and that that was kind of how I felt about the new Star Wars, right? Yeah. so, so I, I understand where you're coming from so yeah there's just nothing about this movie that I
0: liked like going even going in the second time I just I didn't want to do it it felt like I was I had to struggle to start watching this movie and then watching it I got a version of the movie that had some special effects at the end and I remember pausing it right when they got into the uh, Chinese space or when she not they got into the Chinese space station pausing it and thinking that I still had another hour left of the movie and I was just like I, I'm done I'm done <laughs> it's like I'm so over this movie I don't want to watch another hour of this fucking movie then I turned it on and it was like five minutes later it was done I was like oh okay it was the actual the extra effects or the you know special presentation at the end of another hour
1: oh okay yeah yeah I yeah cause you you just look down at you know your VLC or whatever and you look at that and you're like oh no oh, yeah yeah I understand <laughs> I actually purchased this on Amazon cause you when we first watched
0: it we rented it however it's not available for rent anymore on Amazon Prime so I had to purchase it and I as soon as I was done, I immediately looked at their like, "Can I return digital movie?" Wow!
1: Yeah, you I really hated this movie. <laughs> yeah, I
0: I wanted my ten dollars back. Wow! It turns okay. out you can't. As soon as you start streaming on Amazon Prime, you can't return a movie. We need some sponsors, by the way. Yeah. Hey. uh, yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. You sponsor <laughs> us. Yeah. No, I, I I cannot stand this movie. This movie is god awful. It's just trash. Okay. Well. Uh, okay. No, I will say this though. It is a visual feast. It is a beautiful movie. The scene. CD- Rendering once you get over the fact that it's all computer graphics, it is unbelievable. It is so amazing to look at, and I wish that I had seen it in a theater. If I had to watch this movie, I wish I had seen it in a theater because that's where it belongs. You need to see it one time for the event. It's an event, it's not really a story. It's not, any, there's not really a story to tell. In it's it. It's an experience, yeah, that's what it's I mean an to experience, say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's an experience, and it's just a feast for the eyes. And it's oh, it's so great. It was, it's if it is a a a proof of, you know, mankind's ability to create art, it's the fact that it is so awesome to look at. I can't, I can't praise it enough for its visual effects.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that, I don't think anybody would ever disagree on that. I mean, you know, CGI, there's a lot of CGI in a lot of movies, and the thing is, is people say I hate CGI movies, and what they really hate, bad CGI. Right. Because, you know, there is so much CGI everywhere, but when it's well done, you don't even notice it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know, there was a thing about Sandra Bullock, you know, 13 wires and, you know, wire work and things like that, so that was absolutely, uh, fantastic but you know for my second screening i actually ended up really liking it and it, dude tr- i am trust me i am just as shocked as you because the first time i hated it and then when i watched it again for the second time i realized like we kind of discussed it the first time where i said some of the technical stuff i really felt like i was losing the force for the trees and the second time i went into it imagining like this is it's it's not in space it's on the sea because i don't really know anything about the sea and so it was basically my way of of ignoring the minutiae and and really appreciating the story. And I will give you that i i do still think the story is simple it's basically three of the same thing you know getting the locations which i'm not a fan of but one thing that i i really liked was basically i like that she was a real character i like that she struggled i do agree with you that some of the stuff was ham-fisted but i don't know i kind of when i viewed it as a survival story i don't know i really enjoyed it and it's like you know just thinking about the isolation and being alone and then having to to get through these problems i don't know i guess the, the second screening it just wasn't that it wasn't i wasn't as a upset about it as I was the first time. I'm glad you brought up the music because I actually really enjoyed the music. And it it was mixed a bit too loud mm-hmm. because it was basically like, yeah, feel feel hopeful now. Feel sad now. Right. But I really enjoyed it. And it also kind of felt, you know, like there's a company, and I know there's multiple companies in, in Hollywood, but like one's called like X-Ray Dog. Yeah. And like you can, you know, like, they, like all of their albums is full of basically classical, not disruptive type music that's designed to elicit a certain emotion. Mm-hmm. And it, like I felt like he, you know, I don't know anything about this score here but I felt like they just did that and he's like well oh, need a hopeful song here yeah. like need a sad song here but I don't know it's just when I watched it the second time I, I enjoyed it just watching her kind of struggle and grow and yeah it was ham-fisted and it wasn't nuanced I really enjoyed that it was 90 minutes because I know you and I've talked about the 90 minute movie and how it, that's a positive positive. and I loved the abrupt ending because I, I you know one of my biggest things is when things get dragged on Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson looking at you <laughs> and having yeah, I felt like they're in 8th grade English and i like gotta have the Newmont. like gotta wrap this sucker up and it's like you know there was no wrapping it up like you're just assuming that they send a rescue team mm-hmm. and i don't know maybe they don't or maybe they can't find her and then she dies on the island but that's not really the point right the yeah. point is like the overcoming of the human spirit mm-hmm. and and i guess i just enjoyed it the second time No, oh,
0: that's that's very interesting yeah. yeah i did not have that reaction yeah. it was one of those like people want to survive when they're in space it's like that it didn't feel like it was a story that needed to be told and i guess that's why i didn't care for it
1: well yeah you know what you know what's interesting is i I think you're right like this is probably one of the oldest stories which is like a caveman like mm-hmm. breaks his leg and he's got to get back to the tribe and it's yeah it, yeah it was simple i yeah, mean yeah you and, know but then i guess i also
0: compared to you know it's the human nature to want to like survive right but the martian did it so much better and i know like the martians newer. like gravity was quite
1: well it's 2013 yeah so yeah. it's a bit
0: it's not older necessarily but it was the first in like i feel like a series of space movies like it was kind of like the first in the revitalization of
1: space movies well I think I think NASA's Curiosity rover yeah Uh, that was a that was a big thing right because I remember like listening and the the, the Mohawk guy that everybody loved who I think was like the mission commander and it's like you know NASA guys didn't look like that and it kind of you know reinvigorated our interest in space space, and then you know here comes Hollywood doing that yeah exactly so yeah you are right and maybe you know maybe it suffered right Mm -hmm. because it was first yeah anytime something's first it's gonna be a lot harder right and
0: so yeah I guess that's yeah maybe I'm not being fair to the movie by comparing it to the movies that came afterwards in the same vein, you know, like Interstellar, which I love, and The Martian, the movie of which I've not seen, but I have read the book.
1: Okay, and yeah, so I... that's
0: kind of why I was like. Oh, here's another survival plot in space, right? But it doesn't. But at the same time, he's not actually in space; he's on Mars, and maybe that's you know, it's a bit different. Maybe I'm not being fair to Gravity for that reason. I'm willing to accept that, right? Going back really quickly, though, there is one thing that I wanted to point out that I noticed, and I don't know if you noticed it. I want to talk about it when. Sandra Bullock is having that hallucination in the Soyuz escape pod and Kowalski comes back. Vodka. Oh, yeah, the vodka. <laughs> he was an angel. That's who he's supposed to be representing. The oh. of Because he, he was so stark in contrast to the coloring of her. She was so dingy and he was so blaringly white. Not, in, not his face. He's, right, right, George right. Clooney, he's a white guy. He's a good looking guy. His suit, though, was like pristine. He was, in my opinion, he was supposed to be like his character had died and he was sent by a higher power to direct her to finish the mission, which is the mission to get home. And like, give her the little push that she needed like yeah yeah and so
1: he actually that was he came back as an angel so i i i did not pick up on that i didn't make that connection which is interesting because i know that when we talk about movies normally i'm always the one that does things like that the the white suit it also could have been a visual clue right Mm -hmm. which is basically like this is a hallucination and you know that i love it when movies do that because all mystery stories the best mystery stories are when all the clues are there and you don't notice because anybody can write a mystery that's basically unsolvable Mm -hmm. and it's like oh like what it's twist but the best ones are ones where, where that visual cue is there yeah but you are right that yeah i mean i could easily see that being analogous to, a, to an angel and i remember you know one of the things is i don't know why i remember this but she's kind of talking and, and george clooney says do, you know do you want to go home or do you want to stay here right and it's kind of that thing where it's still giving her a choice right yeah he was essentially saint peter right he was
0: basically like do you want to live or do you want to you know come into the kingdom of god in a way
1: yeah i guess so i, I thought saint peter was just like judging i didn't think there was
0: maybe i'm making a, a leap there that yeah have... <laughs> no
1: but (laughs) But you are absolutely right And I did not really pick up on it That yeah I I think that George Clooney Was kind of a a guardian angel there Right Yeah no good good call Good call So
0: it's quite interesting uh, To me that you Came to like the movie
1: You know me The black void of gravity That we're yelling to Does not know me But they will I'm very binary And like the bit can flip I thought that I was Just gonna hate it I thought I was gonna The second I thought the first one Was gonna be like the kill And the Mm. second one Was gonna be like the autopsy Where I was like Oh I developed an even more Comprehensive list of like Reasons why I hated this movie And I was shocked When I was watching it and I was like oh I was, you know there was obviously some stuff that bugged me like when she's getting towed and she's just like I drive I'm like stop stop yeah. like come on but I but I just really enjoyed it the second oh, time and amazing. I don't know why because yeah. I, I that was the exact experience for
0: me where the first viewing was a killing the second viewing is the autopsy the first viewing I have like maybe five notes the second viewing I have an entire page of notes and bo- most of them are nitpicky notes about why I cannot stand this movie one of my notes is quite literally Dr. Stone is the boringest character ever
1: well they use boring Characters because it's a shoot maneuver because you can project onto them right right yeah and
0: and we, you know I know she she is the audience like she is right. the avatar upon which the audience
1: can like oh I'm I'm Doctor Stone right? right well and they they even have the POV scene from the best movie ever made the mm-hmm. Doom movie yeah. <laughs> uh. A couple
0: things I've noticed, actually. Let me kind of go through my notes a little bit before we wrap up. As part of my second viewing, they did this, like, the blue eyes, brown eyes callback, which I kind of hated.
1: That was, that so, was dumb. Well, so what, That was dumb. So, for the listener,
0: what that is, is, like, when the movie first started, Lieutenant Kowalski was kind of, like, flirting with Dr. Stone a, a little bit. You know, George Clooney was flirting with Sandra Bullock, because sort of this entire recording, I've referred to them by their actual name, because, like, I don't care about their characters. So yeah. It's George Clooney and Sandra Bullock in space. He was flirting with her and saying, like, oh, you've a beautiful blue eyes or something about like yeah he said like, yeah you. You have yeah beautiful blue eyes like yeah, i have brown eyes yes and then when kowalski is floating away to die he's like you know uh, i realize now like you're you're super attracted to me or something like he like is basically flirting with he's her He's he's very again. cocky fighter yeah. pilot yeah and he's like tell me you know everyone says i have beautiful blue eyes tell me i have beautiful blue eyes and she says, you have beautiful blue eyes and he's like i have brown
1: eyes that was, like, i mean oh my god <laughs> that was a totally sick pickup line it was great it's but it did annoy me in the movie yeah i hate it in the movie but it is that's an amazing Pick up yeah.
0: I love that. <laughs> One of the questions I have is like, do astronauts wear only underwear under their suits? Because when she took her suit off in the ISS, right. she was immediately in like boxer shorts or whatever. Yeah, or... I'm
1: not sure. Ch- I mean, well, she probably would have had a diaper on, to be honest, but you know, <laughs> yeah. you know nobody wants to see that.
0: Yeah. I was just kind of like, oh, she took her suit off and then she was like in underwear. I'm like, is that, is that right? Like, yeah. Wouldn't
1: she be wearing like thermal underwear instead of a- like booty shorts? I would imagine, but I'm not an astronaut, yeah. but I'm willing to try. So the ISS scene for Sandra Bullock's character was definitely a rebirth
0: point point. one you know uh, we talked about the fetus imagery you know, yes in the womb she's in the womb that yeah. sort of thing but she also kind of does something interesting she at that point as soon as she enters the ISS she stops referring to George Clooney's character as Kowalski and starts calling him by his given name which is Matt interesting she's okay like, Matt, Matt are you there oh Matt. that's
1: right yeah. yeah
0: good call good call instead of Kowalski which I thought was quite interesting which is kind of her part of her rebirth and then it was after that point that she started using Kowalski's regular. Video discipline.
1: Yes, where she starts doing the you know Houston and the blind blah blah blah. And, like, and there's an element of you know when Kowalski is it Kowalski 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 when Kowalski leaves you know the character leaves. Part of her rebirth is she picks up his character mm-hmm. and and he's kind of absorbed into her. Right. Yeah, yes. I agree. <laughs>
0: And then one one final note. Uh, When she was trying to detach the parachute from the Soyuz rocket, Uh she stabs the screen. Now, that's a phrase which means that she stares directly at the fourth wall, at the audience. Oh, okay. And that was another one of those things that I kind of hated because it's basically like, how dramatic. You should feel excited right now. I'm staring right at you, right? Right. And that's why you don't stab the screen. Okay. This is even weirder to me because it wasn't even that Sandra Bullock... Screwed up and stabs the screen as an actor. She's a CGI character. They digitally made her stab the screen. Okay. It, it was so jarring to me. I'm just like, why did you do this? Why? It was so like, it was the cheapest move in what I felt like was the cheapest story, but so, such a beautiful visual. Movie. It is.
1: Yeah. I, I accept your points. And, and it's interesting because, yeah, that's kind of how I felt the first time. And I don't know why changed. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, that's our review of Gravity. I can't it i never want to even think about it ever again matthew seems to
1: enjoy it there's better space movies to watch yeah. but uh like armageddon but i guess i'm glad that you enjoyed it the second time i'm glad i didn't subject you to the pain that i went through yeah <laughs> that's right yeah well yeah. i i was watching it on like two hours of sleep so yeah, i don't know maybe great. that's the key <laughs> yeah,
0: all right so yeah that was uh gravity and for our next episode we're gonna do something a little bit different we're gonna see a
1: new movie which means i have to pay money you have to pay money and so do i yeah we're gonna watch zootopia which is gonna be great because i hate these movies really i I, yes we're gonna get into it way more but it's like the only big-eyed orphan animal adventure movie that i enjoy is the incredibles and there's no (laughs) big-eyed orphan animals in there the the cg movies i just i can't stand them and so it'll
0: be interesting all right uh, all right I'm, i'm looking forward to it i i am a fan of animation of all kind, and so I'm looking forward to seeing it I think it's going to be really fun That this is my initial I don't know anything about it other than like a 30 second teaser that I saw once right we're going to watch Zootopia and we're going to give you a review next episode
1: in the next episode the guy who hates gravity because it's too baby and cheap will describe how much he likes the ultimate pinnacle of baby and cheap of big eyed orphan animal adventure I kind of hate you for making <laughs> that analogy but yeah I guess he's right we're going to keep that on
0: the b-roll and then bring it up next time Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting discussion. So join us next time for Zootopia. Zootopia.